dynasty. Ain't it fantasy? The sports talk radio show could turn galaxies. But in a good way, cause my dude Blake and Nicky knows what's up. Making no mistake, and they got what it takes to run this. Not only the job, but they truly love it. Join it for who? Only you, the fans, and it's only you who can help them. It's bad. This show is taking over slowly, but surely. I hope you're keeping up my wordplay. Ain't quite wordy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio, episode 17. What's good? This is your host, Blake Plodsky. We are back from our week hiatus and our Thanksgiving Day food and all that good stuff. With me, as always, is my co-host, Nikki Treat. What's happening, people? Nikki, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, uh, there was just too much food. <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing, but there was just a ridiculous amount of food. I was going to say, you know, it's funny. It's funny how I started trying to lose weight, which if I haven't said this on the show, I'm currently trying to trim down a little bit. I'm in shape for all the people out there. I'm in shape, everybody. But But. I'm just trying to trim, but I'm trying to trim down a little bit, you know, you know, and, and I choose over the holidays to do this. The time where everybody gets fat. You think that what that's is funny. wrong with me? No, no. Uh, I I planned my wedding in to be in January, and I have to make sure that I keep keep weight off throughout the holiday season to fit into my dress. What the fuck is wrong with me? No, I was gonna say there was that too. I was <laughs> actually gonna bring that up, or else I was gonna let you do it. Actually, yeah. So I'm still the entire Thanksgiving day like. All I heard was jokes from people. You're not going to be able to put your weight off with all this food. Yeah, tell me about it. I was going to say I loved uh, 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 for the person that I'm dating right now. I was with their family, and and they're like they like look at my plate because I'm the pickiest eater alive. And they're like, that's all you're eating? And then he looks at the rest of the table and he goes, that's all he will eat. And I'm like, thank you. You said it, not me. Got to keep that figure, I guess. And because you're a picky uh, uh, bastard, it, that too, I mean. But. I, I was going to say, is that is that the route that we're going with? Because my pickiness uh, does not uh, keep off the shape that I am right now. Again, I'm not fat per se, but again, I'm not at the weight that I would like to be. So I don't know. You tell me. Well, no, we're in the same boat there. But the global right, listeners man. don't care about our weight issues. They have their own yeah. weight issues. Uh, well, I, okay, I'm staying away from that one. I'm I'm not calling anybody fat up in here except myself. No, no. Myself, I can poke fun at. Hey, I was just joking. It's fine. Uh, all right. Anyways, yeah, we can sit here and talk about different stuff for hours. But anyways, that's not what you're here for. Welcome in, everybody. What's going on? As I said, back from a week hiatus. We're back here in full force, 
As always, you can email us, Blake, Nikki, Global Dynasty at gmail.com. You can Skype into the show, Global Dynasty STR, Facebook.com slash Global Dynasty STR, or Twitter underscore Global Dynasty underscore. Follow us, like us, interact with the show. Be a part of the show. The show's for you as much as it is for us. Join with that the said, dynasty. Absolutely. Join the movement. Join the vision of the almighty emperor that is moi. Um, okay, now we got some problems. Okay, I was just waiting to see what your reaction was. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's jump right into our news here. Let's start it off with... <sighs> There's two Eagle stories, and one I will talk about, one I will give no credence to whatsoever. To start our news off, DeMarco Murray on the plane ride after the shocking win over the New England Patriots, DeMarco Murray had a little conversation with owner Jeffrey Lurie. Here's the story. DeMarco Murray has voiced frustration before about his lack of touches, but he has reportedly took it one step further. Murray met with Eagles owner Jeff Lurie to air his grievances over his role in Chip Kelly's offense, according to ESPN's Ed Ward, who adds that the veteran back doesn't want to cause a scene. Murray, had, Murray played just 14 snaps in the Eagles' 35-28 victory over the New England Patriots, while Darren Sproles got 35, and Kenyon Barner played 12. Asked about Murray's playing time, Kelly said that because of the Patriots' size at linebacker, it made more sense to go with the smaller, shiftier Sproles and Barner. That makes sense to me. And why did... If he would have just asked Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly would have told him that. Yet he has to go over Chip Kelly's head, go to Jeffrey Lurie. I wish... And and Lurie is a very nice guy. Lurie is a great person. He's a great dude. He'll always listen to his players if they walk up to him and say, knock on his door and say, hey, I got something I need to talk to you, or, you know, need need to talk about something, whatever. He'll always listen to you. That's not the point here. You're going over your coach's head, and you just... No, no. Exactly. I... Look, Murray, I don't have a problem with DeMarco Murray. I love the guy. But I don't think he likes that he has to run laterally. I think he was brought in, you know, and Kelly probably said, we'll run you north and south, and that's not what's happening because our offensive line isn't the greatest. And it just, it's just, it's not a good thing right now. Again, the Patriot, we beat the Patriots. That's all fine and good. But again, I'm not putting more credence into that than need be. But come on, DeMarco, go to your coach. Lurie cares, but the person you talk to is your coach. Talk to Deuce Staley, the running back coach. Talk to Deuce. Talk to Chip. Yeah, that that would be like, I mean, think about like being in the military or something. And it's like, you should like talk to your squad leader, but you go to your CEO instead. And it's like, that's a big no-no because you're saying that you don't trust the person that's leading you right now. And that, like, right. and it, it creates discord within the team and with your relationship with, you know, your coach. And it's just, it's just a big no-no is what I'm right. trying to say. I mean, right. I mean, and then, like, in the military context that you just brought up, Nikki, 
you know, your CEO would be like, why are you talking to me? You should be talking to your squad leader. Exactly. Why are you bringing this to my doorstep? Like, if this was a bigger problem, I can see that. But why are you talking to me? The only reason why he should be talking to him is, you know, if if the problem was Chip Kelly. But that's not exactly the problem. Again, like he just said, all he said was, is that due to their size at linebacker, we we wanted to run a smaller guy. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. uh, Anyways, like I said, this is just a developing story. Who knows what will happen with this. But DeMarco's... Clearly not happy. He'll never voice that he's not happy. You ask him, he'll never say it. Because he, he's a he's a team guy, but honest to God, he probably wants to be back in Dallas. I mean, all, all told. He probably does, but sorry, dude. You're signed under contract for four more years. Don't know what to tell you. So get over it and, you know, play with the team that you're stuck with. That's just how it rolls sometimes in the NFL. You're playing NFL football. That's what should matter to you. All right. Now, I'm going to give words or lip service here a little bit to the second story I said I wasn't going to talk about, and I'm only going to say this. The other story is about LaShawn McCoy, and everybody brought up the snafu that Chip did between him and Chip Kelly, and the only reason that it's getting brought up again is because the Eagles are playing the Bills. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just rehashing old stuff. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Move on. Who cares? And all LaShawn said is that he doesn't hate Chip Kelly, but he won't shake the man's hand. That means if you won't shake the man's hand, that means that you still have a problem. Yeah. and There are, there are people that I outwardly have despised and hated that have done me wrong that I have talked to about things afterward. Because I, that's that's just me. Eventually, you know, forgive and forget. Who cares? Unless if you kill somebody in my family, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. You know, like... Yeah, eventually, you just have is, to bury the torch, and he's just being petty about it. Right, and he refuses to pick up the phone when Chip Kelly calls him. That's another thing. You're just being petty, and you're being a baby. And, and, and he goes... Chip, Chip Kelly can't can't say shit to me. And it's like, well, you don't know why Chip Kelly let you go. You're just assuming. But anyways, I said I wouldn't talk about it. I just wanted to throw that out there that he's just being... Anyway, Bills are playing the Eagles this week, but we'll get to that. Next story on the docket here, the Diamondbacks, of all teams, signed Zach Greinke for six years... million, and here's the story. On the day when David Price uh, formalized one of the most expensive contracts in baseball history, Zach Greinke wasn't about to be outdone. The Arizona Diamondbacks have agreed to a six-year, $206.5 million deal with Greinke. That would give Greinke an average annual salary of $34.41 million. Besting prices $31 million per and per a minimum mark for the largest in baseball history. However, about $60 million is deferred monies that will be paid in the first five years following the six-year deal. Um, let's see here. News come shortly after the Diamondbacks reported to be aggressively pursuing... 
right a right hander to headline their experienced inexperienced rotation. Okay, and the the big deal about this and about the Shelby Miller trade that happened a few days afterward. What happened? What happened here is that the Diamondbacks were supposedly uh, aiming to go after Jose Fernandez. Uh, the ace pitcher of the Miami Marlins, my favorite player personally in baseball right now is Jose Fernandez. I love the man. I've followed him his entire career thus far. I love him. And there are four teams that are vying for him right now. The Diamondbacks, the Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros. Granky and the Shelby trade null and void the Diamondbacks in this trade. Now, this wasn't one of our news stories. I bring this up in talking about Shelby Miller for one reason. In the trade, they gave away two or three of the prospects that the Mariners said, or the Marlins, excuse me, the Florida Mariners, no, Florida Marlins, they said, you need to give us these prospects if you want Jose Fernandez. And they gave them to the Braves in the Shelby Miller trade. So the Diamondbacks are officially out. I mean, it would take a huge 180 for the Diamondbacks to pull off Jose Fernandez now. They would literally probably have to give them their entire, like, triple A or double A team for Fernandez at this point. Yeah, I don't think any one player is worth that much. So you basically threw oh, your... Oh, I, oh, I agree. So you basically threw think, your I mean, one chance away for a trade. You know, what, right, right, exactly. Was it worth it? Um, I, I don't know. I For the guys that, again, I don't know much about the Diamondbacks system. I don't know. But a one-two punch of Jose Fernandez and Zach Greinke, that, I would take that actually over Kershaw and Greinke, personally. That, that, is, that is probably the most lethal one-two that I've ever heard of. Yeah. I mean, that, and again, and some people are probably saying, oh, you love Fernandez. Look at his stats, everybody. He lit in in his. He almost has like two strikeouts per inning. Almost, and you face three batters an inning, basically. I mean, I mean, if all goes according to plan, the guy is worth a king's ransom. Now, in <clears throat> in talking about the Yankees, but before we move on to our next story, we would have to give up obviously as much as anybody else would we would have to give up our our uh kept our heir to the catcher's throne uh gary sanchez we'd have to give up mason williams we'd have to give up uh judge we'd have to i mean we'd have to give up everybody that is ready now that are likely going to play this year again like i said gary sanchez judge uh williams uh, 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 Raphael. I mean, we'd have to give up everybody. I'm torn on this because I love Fernandez. I would love Fernandez to be in pinstripes. And again, he's worth a King's ransom to give up everybody that is likely going to get regular playing time this year. Nikki, you being a Yankees fan, what do you think about that? See, and that's, that's what I was just saying a minute ago. I don't know if, that many players is worth one guy, and yeah, it it's it's a hefty trade, but is it worth it? That's what it comes back to. I mean, it would it would pay off, but is it worth it? Right. I see. I have a hard time answering that one too, man. 
No, no, I, I get you. I just wanted your opinion because here, here's the dilemma. You have Gary Sanchez, heir to the catcher's throne, because Brian McCann isn't getting any younger. Yeah. I believe he's either 32 or 33 at this point. Judge, who's going to play regular minutes this year because of Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran is like 50 and just no. Uh, Brett Gardner is likely getting traded. I love that. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's like 50 and just no. Uh, just, just, it doesn't even matter. Just no. I just love that, and, though. And... And Brett Gardner is likely getting traded. I've lo- lo- loved Brett ever since he came up, but Mason Williams is the heir apparent to his position or to Beltron's position, and they can switch Judge and Williams around. And we have guys that are ready to play right now. And and I don't know if we should sacrifice the future of the team and let the team get visibly younger for Fernandez, as much as I love the man and as much as it would make our pitching staff lethal as can be, we would have the most lethal pitching staff in the entire league with Fernandez, Tanaka, Pineda, uh, Nova. If Nova doesn't get traded in the winter meetings, Nova's being shopped. And uh, 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 the fifth escapes me. But the point is, is that it just, it would work. And I, again, and I'm torn for that reason. I would love to get younger. You know, all those guys who are in our farm system. It's different than the, oh, Yankees buy all their talent. Ugh, they buy the championships. Rabble, rabble, rabble. And that's what I like it is that we're doing that. We're investing in our farm system. So is it worth the risk for a guy coming off of Tommy John surgery, even though when coming back from Tommy John surgery, Fernandez was just as dominant as he's ever been. I don't know. See, and that's that's where my problem lies. I don't know if it's worth I it. I mean, the thing the <laughs> thing is, is that the Marlins are saying that he he's not getting moved. I mean, they are saying absolutely not. I mean, they are trying to roadblock this at every turn, and Fernandez wants out. I mean, he wants out, and I don't blame him because the Marlins are horseshit, mm-hmm. and you know, and and they control him until 2018. Oh, and that's just, that's rough. Yeah, well, I and see why he wants to get out so quick then. I mean, uh, no, exactly. And baseball's weird with their rules and their and their eligibility and their team control and it's all weird. And 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 like I said, I get it. But like I said, they they've said no, they're listening to offers, but who's going to be again giving more than a king's ransom for possibly the best pitcher in the league. Time will tell. Now, in talking about the Yankees, we've got a piece of Yankee news here. Uh, the Yankees just yesterday made a huge trade. Now, some people may not view this as big as me, but here's the news. The New York Yankees have finally arrived at the winter meetings, making an impactful trade Tuesday to upgrade a position of need. Just minutes after the Chicago Cubs agreed to a four-year deal with Ben Zobrist, uh, Zobrist was signed for uh, four years, uh, $31 million, I believe. Uh, just a little tidbit there for uh, Cubs fans. The Yankees acquired middle infielder Starlin Castro from the Cubs in exchange for right-hander Adam Warren and a player to be named later, which is rumored to be infielder Brendan Ryan which I kind of expected. Once I said player to be named later, it's either going to be Ryan or it's going to be uh, Rush Schneider. Mm-hmm. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of those two. And Rush Schneider 
likely has a future, so they're going to try and, you know, swindle Ryan in there and say, no, you can't have Ruff Schneider. Anyways, Castro is a three-time All-Star, will immediately... It uh, will immediately project as the Yankees starting second baseman, obviously <laughs> replacing one Rob Roofschneider. Imagine that. But 25 year old is a natural shortstop, but also has the ability to play second. He hit uh, 265, uh, 296, and a 375 slash with 11 homers, 96 RBIs, <laughs> or 69 RBIs. <laughs> 69. <laughs> <laughs> in a hundred in a hundred and fifty one contests and it's under contract until 2019 okay i've been hearing rumors of this trade for weeks i didn't bring it up because i as i have said before here at global dynasty we don't like to talk about rumors unless if we have to now so i kept that one to myself and on the back burner and until it were to come to fruition. Nikki, we, we got a position of need. Number one, Didi can play short and move over. Actually, no, he he's not moving over, duh. He replaced Jeter. I'm, I'm stupid. It's just sad to think about. You're not stupid. No, I, no, I understand. I'm just saying, Didi is... Not the best hitter, but he he's a good young player, and he should develop. I was always worried about second base, and this has nothing to do with Robinson Cano. This has to do with, oh, we're investing in the farm system and this and that. And and I always thought that Ruf Schneider would be would be the guy. You know, I'd be like, you know, does he have it? I know he's I know he's decent. I know that he's potentially good. But once we had Castro, I'm like, give Ruf Schneider up for Castro. Get Castro right now. And again, and the reason for that is, is that Castro strikes out a lot. I know that a lot of Yankees fans don't like him because he strikes out a lot. I get it. He's not the best at hitting breaking pitching. I get it. But after he got benched, he got benched last year. After he got benched and he came back and he earned his spot back, he had an amazing rest of the year and he can tap into that and show his true potential again he hit you know 265 you know that's a little average a little bit above average i guess 11 home runs castro's not a home run hitter so you know that's decent for not a home run hitter and 69 <laughs> no i'm no, i'm just kidding 69 rbis you know these are good numbers, and these are better than Ruff Schneider and Ryan, no matter who the player to be named later is. It's better than both of them. So this is an upgrade, no matter if people don't like it or not. And he's under your control for the next almost five years. Actually, no, this year, yeah, no, he automatically is under control for four years. What? Why are people upset about this? I don't understand. Me neither. The, the point is to get younger because we've had an old, old team roster for a long time. We are we are making smart moves that work for the team. We're getting a second baseman that can actually play both positions. If Didi were to go down for some reason, Castro can literally just slide over. Is he the greatest defenseman? No, he's a better second base defenseman than he is a shortstop. I'll admit that. 
His shortstop abilities are very, leaves a lot to be desired, we'll, we'll say. But he is better than the alternative, and that is what people miss. Yeah. You need to look at it as the big picture, not just see the name Starlin Castro and start freaking out. Well, the problem is that people, you know, complain when they don't get what they want. Exactly. But I mean, you actually, know what? Actually thinking about what you might be getting if you're not getting what you want, you know, could be better in the long run than, well, like you said, than not getting anybody or the alternative, having a worse player. I mean, sometimes you just have to fucking settle for a compromise, I guess, for lack of a better term. No, I, no, I understand. All right, now, again, as I just stated, uh, moving on to our next story, we don't like to talk about things that haven't happened yet, but uh, with the lack of stories that I found, and since we're just on a baseball kick right now, these next two stories are what-ifs, I I guess you could call them. Uh, Right now, the Cleveland Indians are looking uh, to the Queen City for help at the Red Hot Corner which, for those who don't know, is third base. Uh, Cleveland general manager uh, Mike Chinoff uh, has reportedly discussed acquiring third baseman Todd Frazier from the Reds, according to Bob Nightingale of USA Today Sports. The 29-year-old Frazier is coming off back-to-back all-star appearances and slashed uh, 255, 309, and 498 with a career-high 35 home runs, uh, 43 doubles and uh, 89 RBIs across 157 games in 2015. For those who don't remember, a story that we reported on in our infancy, we uh, reported on that Todd Frazier this year actually won the Home Run Derby, mm-hmm. for those who don't remember. Uh, he's owed uh, $7.5 million next season, and is under team control through the 2017 season. So not that long. You know, if they are going to lose him because, you know, the Reds, they're they're not that good. And Frazier, again, everybody wants to be on a winning team. I get that. They might want to get something in return for him now while they can. I mean, and again, he had his career year. You know, why not? I, I mean, get, you know, strike while the iron's hot and move him. I mean, that that's what I would do. Uh, Cleveland received minimal production from the third base last season with Chris Johnson, uh, Lonnie Chisenhall, uh, Mike Elvis, and Giovanni, uh, not touching that last name, <laughs> uh, seeing time at the position. So I see exactly why they're doing it. They have nobody. Chisenhall... Elvis is Elvis is eh. Chisholm Hall had one good year and that's it and the other two just who cares you can see why these guys are doing this now in that in saying that in these next two stories they're both playing the same position I would love to see the Yankees acquire one of these guys and again oh the Yankees fan wants everybody No, I want to move on from the cancer that is Alex Rodriguez. And Nikki, you and I have steadfast, have been steadfast in the fact that we don't care how good Alex Rodriguez does. We don't like it. We want, we want, we want him gone. And you know, and you know what? 
There are so many Yankees fans that forgive the man. And you know what? I, I understand from a logical perspective why he would be forgiven. I'm not about to do that. You did what you did. You're a cancer to the team. You, you can't play anymore. And you, you're just terrible. You're, you're taking up a DH spot, which because he, he can't field anymore. I mean, again, he's like, he's like, He's older than Carlos Beltran. I'm going to say that he's 60. Carl, Alex Rodriguez is 60. And you're ta- and you're playing DH. You're taking up a spot that Gary Sanchez could be occupying this year. But no, Alex Rodriguez is under team control for the next two years. So Gary Sanchez, in the prime of his career, being 21 or 22 years old, he actually might be 23 on the high end. He's at least, he's at most 23 years old. He's in the in his prime. He's going to be called up because he played some team games uh, toward the end of last year as baseball teams tend to call up players uh, late in the year for just, you know, some service time. Brian McCain is going to play catcher. While Gary Sanchez is the better defensive catcher, I understand why they would want to put him at DH. Gary Sanchez is not playing third. The odd man out should be A-Rod. And I know that nobody's going to take on A-Rod's contract because the Yankees brass were stupid enough to give him that contract, and I'm not getting into that. But I want one of these two guys for the Yankees to play the hot corner. Because while we had Chase Headley, Chase Headley is, eh. Both of these guys are better than that. And the next guy that we're talking about, I actually love even more. And we'll jump right into that. For our final news story here, uh, let my computer load this really quick. Scroll down. Okay. The Chicago White Sox are engaged in serious discussions with the Oath. Look, words. With the Oakland Athletics about acquiring Brett Lowry, according to the San Francisco Chronicles. Uh, Susan. Not touching that. Okay. And a deal involving two sides appears imminent. Uh, let's see. The proposed trade would net the Athletics a pair of minor leaguers in exchange for Lowry, through the, though the club has yet to agree on which prospects to include. Lowry's in a second year of arbitration. Uh, is ar- second year arbitration el- eligible and won't become a free agent until 2018, giving any potential suitors two seasons of control. He hit uh, 260, 299, and 407 with a career-high 16 homers and 60 RBIs in 149 games for Oakland last season after being acquired in the blockbuster trade with Toronto that sent Josh Donaldson to the Blue Jays. Josh Donaldson, for those who don't remember, was the MVP of the AL. Brett Lowry has always been the would've, could've, should've guy. Meaning that he was always touted to be the next big thing at third base. I remember years ago, my brother talking about him. And I, you know, at first I was like, yeah, Brett Lowry, you know, eh. Again, not being a baseball fan, my brother being a big baseball fan, you know, I was like, I'll I'll trust your judgment. And, and as... Lowry's career progressed. I became more of a fan as I saw him play and this and that. People say Brett Lowry's terrible. You know, his numbers aren't the greatest. I mean, his 
on base percentage is good. Or wait, no, his slugging percentage. There we go. His slugging percentage is good. And, you know, again, why not? Again, it's better, once again, with the Starling Castro trade. It's better than the goddamn alternative. It's better. Is he the best? No. Just, people need to understand this. It's not rocket science. It might be rocket science to pull off a trade for one of these two. And again, the White Sox trade is imminent. So likely, Brett Lowry will be heading to the White Sox, all told. But I want a third baseman. I'm tired of... I want a third baseman, and I want another World Series title, damn it. I, this is just so frustrating. I want Fernandez, and, and yeah, and I, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And I, and I obviously want the Yankees to be the top of the world again. You know, evil empire, back on top and all that whatnot. But, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. Probably for the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop. Just Brett Lowry likely going to be uh, Chicago White Sox. Anyways. All right, moving on to our league coverage segment uh, with your weekly NFL recap here. Week 13 coming at you. All right, starting off, Thursday's game, Green Bay at Detroit. Nikki, this game was something else. There is a reason why we call them the semi-professional Detroit Lions. With all those rookie mistakes. You know, that's actually wasn't where I was going with that, but you said it, not me. Well, I was thinking, While, I was thinking about like that that last touchdown, and that's where I was going. Like, so so Aaron Rodgers, you know, last second, Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows he hasn't been playing the greatest. Everybody knows that. Still had two hundred and seventy three yards. You know. Decent, respectable, again, for Aaron Rodgers. If you were any other quarterback, you know, everybody would be like, oh, yay. You know, Aaron Rodgers is, is expected to throw, you know, 300-plus yards every week. Get that. Richard Rodgers finally showed up. Praise the Lord, he showed up. Because everybody was saying, oh, Richard Rodgers is going to be the guy this year. And then he'd have a good game, and then he'd disappear for five. And then he'd have a good game and disappear for four. And then he and then he has this game, and he scores the winning touchdown as Aaron Rodgers just steps up and just heaves it into the air. And I thought, there's no way. I said, there's no way, because this never works. And somehow it did. And it did, because... The ball was slightly underthrown, and Richard Rodgers, all he had to do, he looked up, he tracked the ball, and he just backed up a couple of steps, and none of the Detroit Lions players cover Richard Rodgers. No one even tried to swat the ball. He just literally, he bumped into his own guy, jumped up, and grabbed the ball for the touchdown. I, and that was all she wrote. And Green Bay is still alive in the NFC North. They're right on the Vikings, but as the Vikings and Green Bay, they flip-flop. Green Bay, due to the tiebreaker, is uh, first. The Vikings are second. Moving on. Uh, New York Jets at the New York Giants. This game was bad. Ryan, and this game was bad, and Ryan Fitzpatrick 
had the most passing yards, fun fact, had the most passing yards of a Jets quarterback since Vinny Testaverde. Oh, I love that guy. Was starting for the Jets. Think about that. That's a no. No, exactly. Think about that. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws for 390 yards, and that is the most out of the Jets quarterback since Vinny Testaverde. That means that for like the last like 14 years, these guys have not had a quarterback. From 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 G, from Fitzpatrick to Geno Smith to Kellen Clemens to dud dud on and on and on. And and like I said. Fitzpatrick still does that, and this game still blows. Uh, Odell Beckham does what he does. You know, he gets his 150 yards, and, and it's all for naught. The Giants, again, the Giants losing is great. Again, if the Eagles are going to go to the playoffs or whatever and, you know, do what they do in this horseshit division that is the NFC East, I prefer that the Giants lose. I mean, come on, let's call spade a spade. Beckham cannot do this by himself. It literally is Beckham and, like, a bunch of bums, like, playing football in the park like those Brett Favre Wrangler jeans commercials. That's what this is. Because Reuben Randall could have won them the game. What does he do? He drops the football. He lost in the... He, he dropped the football and lost him the game. And Odell Beckham is like, I'm playing for this shit team. Really? And they and the Giants, you know, more so than that, they have the worst defense in the NFL. I, I'm so glad I'm not a Giants fan. That's so funny. It is <laughs> sad to think about. <laughs> All right. Moving on to Arizona before I have a stroke from laughing so hard. Arizona and St. Louis. St. Louis did not show up. Their defense got Torched. Yeah, Arizona's looking pretty indomitable right now, though. Carson Palmer, again, has been doing what he's doing all year. That ACL injury is looking like a distant memory. It looks like he's just he's playing out of his mind. Again, for those who don't remember, this is a man who was going to retire like six years ago. For those who don't remember. Again, for the reason that he was going to retire, it wasn't because of old age, but I'm not getting into that. He just didn't want to play man- for the Bengals anymore. Okay, see, I was waiting for Nikki to say it. I didn't want to say it. And and regardless, in his advanced stage now, because he now he is getting up there, he's still able to sling that football. And it's just, it's amazing to me. And again, and he has receivers, there, but they're not the best. I mean, you've got the both the John Browns. You've got Fitzgerald, who's obviously lost a step, but has a career resurgence this year. Carson Palmer is making these wide receivers. Other than Larry Fitzgerald. Again, Larry Fitzgerald is established. These other guys are getting played into it by Carson Palmer. David Johnson, uh, you know, uh, Andre Ellington, no idea where he's at. I have no idea if he's hurt or if he just this David Johnson character has just taken him over. David Johnson's running the wheels off the football. And again, they just torched the St. Louis Rams. If the Rams keep keep losing, I have no idea if they're going to keep Nick Foles or what they're going to do or, or whatever or draft a quarterback or whatnot. But that team's offense is putrid. Todd Gurley can't do everything. He can't. 
he he's great. He's proven to be very good. This is his rookie year. He's he's not there yet. He's had good games, but he can't do everything. No. That that team that team needs an offensive line, they need a quarterback, and they need wide receivers. They need everybody around Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley's like, man, I'm playing for a team that's real horse shit. Wow. You can't like just have one player hold an entire team together. No that's, matter that that, that, that was my point. Yes, yes. Something I'm gonna bring up for a later game, actually. <laughs> all right, all right, noted. All right, moving on to Tampa Bay, Arizona, or ta- excuse me, Atlanta. Uh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. Tampa Bay won 23-19. Matt Ryan, is there a problem with Matt Ryan, or is that just me? No, I'm trying to figure out how he was playing so well at the beginning of the season, and now it's like, yeah. Because there are rumblings that the Falcons need a new quarterback. Now, again, I'm not going that far. But the Falcons just aren't doing it. And, and with Matt Ryan, they're just not doing it. Is is he like um uh, uh I'm trying to think of a player of a syndrome that almost uh, Donovan McNabb syndrome. We'll we'll just use that that he can almost get there and then but he not. can never yeah, but he can never get there. Yeah, is that what we're dealing with, or or am I crazy? No, it kind of seems like that. Like he starts off hot and then he just can't hold it together, whether it's the pressure or whatever the fuck, but. He just, I don't know. Because I, mean, I, I really thought that, that you know, they were going to win their division for a while. And now for the last couple of weeks, it's been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they're just, they're bad. I mean, again, and coaching can only do so much. You got you to gotta draft another wide receiver to compliment Julio Jones. He can't do it all. Roddy White is too old at this point. He wants to be more involved, but... The thing is, is that if you're not showing it in practice, you're not going to get it in games. You know, it, there's a reason that they're not including you. And again, this is no disrespect to Roddy White. I, I it just, it's a fact. If you're not showing up in practice, you know, what, what do you want them to do? Devonta Freeman uh, was hurt, so he didn't play, so that didn't help. And it just, this Falcons team's bad. They got, they, I don't know. I, again, I say that. They're either going to draft a quarterback or they're going to draft a wide receiver first round, honestly, I think. Because that defense isn't terrible. Again, they only they only let up uh, 23 points, but their offense didn't score more than 23. So I would say, yeah, their, their first round pick needs to be offense. Hmm, yeah, no matter what it is, it has to be offensive because they, they can't hold that together right now. All right, absolutely. Sorry, I was scratching my ear there. Had to move my headphones. All right. Seattle, Minnesota. This Oof. game was tough to watch. Again, it was a and everybody, every, every, everybody knows. Sorry, Nikki, go ahead. Can I tell the little story about, you know, the, the message you sent me the other night before that game? Oh, oh, by, yeah, by all means. Yes, okay, absolutely. So, um, uh, as you know, we, we, you know, picked beforehand and, and both of us were, went for the Vikings. The, uh, I want to say it was Friday before the game though, just out of nowhere, like texts me and he's like, yeah, can I change my opinion for that Seattle Vikings game for Seattle over, you know, the Vikings. And 
which of course I had questions because he hates both teams, but he's always making fun of Seattle. But uh, you know, then they came out and fucking won out of nowhere, which I wasn't expecting, and still trying to figure that out. So, look at that. You actually predicted right. Um, who has more wins in football picks? Hey, hey, I'm just messing with you. Okay, I was just going to say, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on now. All right, now, everybody knows how I feel about both teams. Russell Wilson, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. I said something before the beginning of the year that I was pretty confident in. I'm going to backtrack and apologize to Russell Wilson. I called you out and I said you were not as good as you appeared to be. And for half the year I was right. I openly admit that because of how your offensive line is now blocking for you, I don't know what changed. I don't know if they, you know, flip starters or, you know, like move right guard to left tackle. I, I have no idea. No clue. They are now blocking for you, which is giving you time to look down, look down the scope, fire bullets to your receivers, use your legs, do with the skills and the tools that you have. Mm-hmm. I said you were overpaid. And I will admit right here that I was wrong. You are a good player. You just, I, I don't know what it is. Like there's, I, I don't know. But again, my, my weirdness about it aside, Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind. And he's leading the team. And again, and a team that, Nikki, as you know, living in Minnesota, I hear so much about, oh, Vikings are so good. Vikings are so good, and then... And it's just... Literally, again, I felt bad for Vikings fans, especially the person that I'm dating who's a diehard Vikings fan. I mean, they... I couldn't talk to them during the game. Thank God they were working during the game. They work Sundays. And thank God they couldn't watch it because I think that they might have had a brain aneurysm. <laughs> like, I, I again, you take a Vikings team and, and, you know, and you look like, you know, again, some of the wins are, you know, they're close and things like that. So, you know, you kind of, you go, what? And then this happens. Again, I, there, there is a, a complete other game that is exactly like this that we're getting into that I just can't comprehend. It's not the fact that Seattle won. It's not the fact that they put up a ton of points. It's the fact that Minnesota had seven. Adrian Peterson had 18 rush yards. And and AP instantly calls out his coach, and he goes, we got outcoached. You know, again, taking no blame upon himself. Oh, shock. Seattle might very well be back, and my days of poking fun at them look to be over because, again, I know the defense is good. I don't like to admit it. The Vikings' defense is good. Mike Zimmer, being a former Cincinnati Bengals coach, as Nikki knows, he knows defense. He's a great coach. 
Your offense put up seven. Against Seattle defense or not, you put up seven. Yeah, I was really expecting that to, A, be more of a battle, and B, the Vikings not get their asses completely handed to them like a bunch of rookies. That's exactly my thought. I thought Seattle was going to win. I had a feeling I expected it to be close. Yeah. Not like that. You, you didn't have Marshawn Lynch. Doesn't matter. Thomas Rolls is beast mode 2.0 or little beast mode or whatever you want to call him. Has 111 yard or 101 yards. Again, the guys just, having that one-two punch there is scary. Again, while you would like to have Lynch healthy and maybe, you know, you do the Eagles thing and you switch them in and out, you know, and you kind of, you know, you know, keep one healthy, you know, run two plays, you know, switch them in and out like that. But even when Lynch is hurt, this Rawls guy just picks up the rock and he just runs with it. It's not, it's not sputtering. It's not, oh, he got 61 yards. He got over 100 and he's done that multiple times. Again, this is a small sample size from a guy that is not very well known, but I'll give the guy his props. He's running with the rock. And the, and having that on the same side as what Russell Wilson is doing, Russell Wilson running for 61 yards himself, along with passing for 274, this team is back. My days, Nikki, I will wave the white flag, my days of poking fun at this team and laughing are over. I submit. Because I think that they're only getting better myself and that's No, that's that that's my point. A good and a bad thing at the same time. I mean it just means that I'm gonna hear a lot more about Seattle in the future. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, like I, I still kind of have that childhood dream of the Seattle Cincy Super Bowl. So who knows? Maybe that, maybe that, this could be, be something. Maybe this could be the year that me and my dad finally stop talking to each other because that happens. <laughs> okay, see see now everybody now for those again, I I don't wish this upon Nikki's family. See, I don't want that. Oh, I can try and be I can try and be like mediator between them and be like, come on guys, come on, you know, kumbaya and love all around. It's just football. And then they just look at me and they go, What'd you say? It's just it's, football. I just walk out I, of my I, house. I, I pull a white flag out of my out of my shirt and I just go, Please don't hurt me. <laughs> Please have mercy. Anyways, all right. Moving on to Houston and all right, did you have anything that you wanted to add into that? Hello? We might have lost her. Okay, we'll move on to Houston Buffalo then. Yeah. Houston they they were doing they were doing good, and and Buffalo kind of had kind of sputtered there for a couple of games. Buffalo back on the right track. Sean McCoy had a hundred and twelve yards. Whoopee woo! He's actually running behind that offensive line, which I will admit I was wrong about. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. Bravo to him. As much as my feel my feelings aside, Sammy Watkins again, Mister. Bitches at the fans and whatnot at 109 yards actually was on the field. We had a Sammy Watkins sighting. Bravo, Sammy. Way to play like a man. Brian Hoyer, you know, 
I mean, he does what he can. It's Brian Hoyer, Chris Polk, former Eagles third-string running back, did what he could, only had 50, 51 yards. The fact that they're running a three-headed monster of, of running backs that aren't good to begin with, again, sorry, Polk, love you, man, but just calling what it is, not having Arian Foster hurts this team. And the defense, just again, the defense playing well. But like Seattle, they were improving week to week. To start out, the Houston Texans defense wasn't that great. And they were just getting better little by little by little. And then they put up, got 30 put up on them by Buffalo. That hurt. That definitely hurt the confidence of this Houston Texans team. Yeah, it did. And... They haven't been playing that well. Well, they've been really going back and forth, in my opinion. Throughout this year, I mean. Okay, like one it. second here. I am literally sweating to death. I gotta kick on the air really fast. Okay, there we go. Oh. Oh, Jesus. It's like the exact opposite over here on this side of the country. It's freezing. Oh, that's the thing. It's it's literally freezing outside. It's it's cold outside, but my my heat works so well, and you know it's kind of a contained space, so it it heats faster than you would think. And then sometimes I sweat to death, and sometimes I don't. Gotcha. All right. Just a little Moving information on. about Blake's apartment. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> for those who aren't bored to death here on that, anyways. Baltimore at Miami, this game blew. I mean, it's like, this is the battle of the teams that just Suck. don't seem like they want to win. Matt Schaub, somehow this guy is still employed on a football team. I guess every team needs a backup. Throws for 308 yards. Now, these stats might be misleading to what I just said. Shop throws for 308 yards. Lamar Miller runs for uh, 113. And uh, Jarvis Allen, the running back for the Ravens, uh, catches 170 yards. Now, that seems like a lot. You'd be like, oh, you know, the total yards for the game for both teams, you know, they're, they're up there. They still didn't score three touchdowns each. No, no one touched 21 points. There's something wrong with that when, according to Mad Shop's passing yards, 308 passing yards, means that through the air he got, uh, he got down the field three times. I mean theoretically. And then and then nothing. It just both of these teams like they're they're like trying their best to not show that they're trying to lose. Yeah. I, I mean that's just the way that it looks to me. Baltimore is just terrible. The the Dolphins are in a tough division with uh, with with uh, the the Bills and the Patriots, so that doesn't help them. I, I just I don't know what to make of this. Nikki, I'll let you give your input. I um I I didn't get to watch that game at all. I I saw the scores and it was just honestly I every week I just feel like there's a lot of just weird games like things that shouldn't have happened and scores that are ridiculous like you know the Seattle Vikings game for instance 
So I'm um, kind of to the point where I'm just like, I don't even know what to say about the NFL at this point. <laughs> I understand. Well, don't drop off the face of the earth yet. All right, moving on. Let's see. Uh, Bengals and Browns, we'll say that. Jacksonville and Tennessee. This game was a shootout. Blake Bortles had 322 passing yards. Blake Bortles improving uh, bit by bit every week. Marcus Mariota leads the game in rushing with 112 yards. A quarterback having Michael Vick syndrome of the early 2002s. Wow. Michael Vick syndrome and just, I mean, Those are some harsh crazy. words. What, Michael Vick syndrome? Yeah, but, and then you said early 2000s, and then I was like, ah, never mind. I was going to say, yeah, that's what, what more what I meant about the fact that he's running for like a thousand yards as a quarterback. Yeah, that is ridiculous, I have to say. And Allen Robinson uh, had uh, 153 yards receiving. Not bad. I, again, this game was a shootout. Again, Jacksonville, as we keep saying every single week, they, they're they right there. They're just not there yet. Yeah, there's yeah. something missing in the in the the whole equation of things, because they Again, could be a championship team. You can tell that they have, you know, the pieces to do it potentially, but they just haven't put it together yet. Right. I mean, and the thing is, is that and and Tennessee, who uh, who before this game uh, right now was slotted to get the second pick in the draft. Tennessee, after drafting Marcus Mariota in the second round, or second round, in the first round, second pick, second overall, right now they were slated to get the second overall pick once again. Now, with that win, I don't know how that shakes out. I haven't exactly looked into that yet. I'll get back to you. Uh, but, I mean, Tennessee, in their best interest, it'd be in their best interest to, again, throw games. I mean, all things considered, to get a top pick. Again, I know that that's not what people want to hear, but... It's the sad, hard truth of things. If, if, if you're that close, you know, it, it, it is what it is. San Francisco, Chicago, don't want to talk about that. Denver, San Diego, nope. Uh, Kansas City, Oakland, uh Derek Carr throws for 283 yards. Alex Smith does what he does, takes care of the ball. He's a perfect game manager, throws a couple of touchdowns, has 200 and some-ish odd yards. Jeremy Macklin, uh, 95 yards receiving, and Latavius Murray, 86 yards receiving. Uh, a good a good uh, uh, AFC West battle there, but... Kansas City, again, proving that they're formidable and likely going to have a playoff spot. All they need is Denver to maybe lose a couple of games, or maybe Kansas City will sneak in in the wild card. Who really knows? Next game, uh, Carolina at New Orleans. Once again, a huge shootout. Carolina uh, just beating New Orleans. Again, think about this. New Orleans, terrible defense. I mean, they're absolutely atrocious. And yet, they still almost beat the undefeated Carolina Panthers. Again, the, yeah, the Panthers' defense has been has been stout the entire year, and just and then just this one game, they almost lose to the Saints. It doesn't make sense. How Cam Newton actually showed up, passing for over 220 yards and not 
relying on his defense to do everything. Cam Newton had 331 yards. Jonathan Stewart, respectable day, had 82 yards rushing. And Greg Olson, Cam Newton's security blanket, had 129 yards. Again, just eking out the win over the crappy New Orleans Saints defense. Carolina stays undefeated, as we both predicted, but dang, that one was close. And I wish it would have gone a different way. <laughs> I totally understand. I just I want them to lose once because they shouldn't be undefeated. They're not that good. That's my opinion. I mean, no, I, I understand. I mean, their defense is good. Their offense is eh. not. Yeah. Yeah, their offense is not. They're running Ted Ginn Jr., Mr. Journeyman himself, and Jericho Kotri who is, uh, like, 43 at this point, I think. Yeah, I just don't. I, I don't get how they're still winning, how they have been able to elude the loss. When I it's, mean, come, it's come close, but... I mean, I mean, it could come down to strength of schedule. Maybe their schedule isn't that strong. I mean, again, I, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't really tell. But, I mean, that's one possibility, but, you know... Maybe they're just getting lucky. I, I don't have the answer. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Uh, Patriots and uh, Eagles, we will save that. Indianapolis just throws the game in the toilet. Ben Roethlisberger comes back. Now, when we both picked the Colts, I'll explain my pick. I didn't think Roethlisberger was going to play. That is why I picked the Colts. Landry Jones, decent player, not Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, again, it goes without saying. Roethlisberger throws for 364 yards. D'Angelo Williams running for 134. And Antonio Brown receiving 118 yards. The Steelers just bulldozed the Colts. It's literally almost like, like the Colts players. They're just like, oh, we don't really want to play today, so we'll just kind of, you know, sit next to the heaters and, you know, just kind of just chill over here on the bench. We'll just just hang out, we'll play some poker, you know, play some cards, you know, whatever. Oh, offense, no, you guys can go out and play. You guys earn your check. We'll play cards. That's a sad reality of exactly how it went. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Monday night's game before we get into our personal team recaps here. Dallas and Washington. That was a shootout, right? There. I was hoping I openly rooted for Dallas one time in my life. I'll say it on record. I wanted Dallas to win. To give Dallas fans just a sliver of hope. Just to, just to make them feel, oh, we're still in this shitty division. We're one game back. Oh, 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 yes. Tony Romo can come back in week 17 or whenever and lead us to the Super Bowl and Cowboys back on top and all that stuff. And they almost pissed it off. No, 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 no. No, I'm going to come at this from a different direction. <laughs> the Washington Redskins pissed this away. Sean Jackson... Looking at you, you, all you had to do was fall down, catch the punt, and fall on it. But no, 
Deshaun Jackson, the fucking head case that you are, that you have always been. And how do I know? Because you've been on the Eagles your entire career except for the last two years. So if anybody knows, it's fucking me. You're a head case as you've always been. And no. And sometimes those highlight plays, they work for you. This time, you lost the game for your team. Yes. When the Cowboys screwed it up, when they recovered the ball and screwed it up, and all they could do was kick a field goal, you redeemed yourself with a touchdown. Yet, if they would have got the ball right there, they could have passed a couple of times, run the clock down, made the Cowboys use their timeouts. It's cupcake. It is cookie-cutter football formula for running out the clock. But no, you had to be the star of the show and screw it up. Your team had the game won if you would have retained the ball, but you didn't. You didn't. You scored. They scored way too fast. And you would and you redeemed the old Deshaun Jackson catches a football. That's his job to catch a football. No, I, I get that. That's not my point. No, I'm saying like whoopty freaking do is what I'm saying. And then you you let the you let Matt Castle beat you. Darren McFadden had fifty three yards on the ground. This O line is not as great as everybody p- proclaims it to be. Darren McFadden isn't doing anything, and neither are any of those other guys. They truly missed DeMarco Murray. I can see that now. But like I said, being that I was rooting for the Cowboys, the Cowboys can win out for all I care. Do I hope for that to happen? No. Am I rooting for that to happen? Absolutely not. The point is, is that with the Redskins losing, there's a there's a three-way tie at the top of this shitty-ass division. It's hilarious. And none of them are very good. Oh, God, no. Oh, everybody in this division is putrid. And even if they had Tony Romo, again, take, take the Thanksgiving Day game against the Panthers. With Tony Romo, for as much as he was in that game before he went down... What happened? They didn't beat the Panthers. Oh, praise Tony Romo. Tony... I'm going to stop. Yeah, because you're just going to get pissed off at the Cowboys fans, and everyone's going to suffer eventually. Well, oh, oh, I I, I see. Suffer, okay. I, I know how you feel, though, man. I get it. All right, those are our NFL game recaps for Week 13. Let's jump into our personal games. Nikki, do you want to go first, or should I go first? You know, your game surprised me more, so I'll just go first because I I figured my game was going to happen. I mean, we we went, we saw, we kicked their asses. I mean, it's the Browns, and as we were talking about a little bit ago, the Browns are just laughable, so... All you have to say is the word the Browns, the Browns. And, and and like and and then just like a laugh track and that's it. But I will say, I mean, because there there really isn't much to say besides like they just decimated them to dust. But you know, as long as the Bengals keep winning, um, then we really are in control of our own <laughs> destiny to, you know, have uh, home field advantage and and buy if we can get that 
that uh, secure that first seed, basically. So. Right. I mean, if you look at the stats here, as I have them up in front of me, Andy Dalton didn't have to do much. Fourteen to nineteen didn't, you know, throw a crazy amount of passes. Still on fourteen yards. Uh, still had two hundred and twenty, respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 average uh, yards per pass. Uh, 11.6, so, you know, more than a first down on every pass. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback rating of uh, 146.8, QBR of 93.1, QBR is a scale of 0 to 100, so almost near perfect. Yeah, it was good. Here is is the question that I need to ask you, because, again, everything is rudimentary up until this point, and since I missed the game, I need to ask you. Giovanni Bernard gets the ball, you know, majority of the time, and Jeremy Hill is taking a backseat to Bernard. Okay. Jeremy Hill gets 22 carries in this game. Why? I'm still trying to figure out. I think that they still believe that he's going to be able to reach his full potential. And, yeah, I mean, I hope he reaches his full potential, too. Like, but if at this point of the season, I don't think that he should be getting as many carries as he's been getting. I think that they should just rely on um, Bernard to, to do what he does. I mean, and it, it'll, I just think it'll put him in a better place overall. I, I really just think that they keep giving Hill the chance because they're expecting him to, you know, do something, do something. And then he's just continuing to not do something and he's securing his own fate of you know benching himself next season i think but yeah right like i said until he had this game and then i'm like again i was just i looked at the box score and i'm confused yeah me too not 98 yards touchdown uh 4.5 a carry i mean i mean those are good numbers he's doing a lot better than he has been the last couple of weeks that's for sure i mean maybe he's that's what i'm no, right, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, I like, I wish I had a tape recorder and just asking him, like, are you doing anything different? Are you, are you, do you have like this new diet that you tried, or like, what's going on? Because um, honestly, maybe it's just like last year. You know, he really shined the most during uh, close to postseason. So perhaps that's okay, that's okay, just okay. the thing where I don't know. Once the pressure's really on, he. You know, rides it out better. I, I, I have no idea, but... No, I understand. I just, uh, like I said, I missed the game, so I just wanted to ask your opinion. I only got to catch again, highlights, too. And the Browns, the Browns, again, and we were talking about this earlier, we feel bad for you fans, okay? Like, this isn't even about ragging on the Browns. This is just sad. I mean, this isn't laughing sad. This is legitimately, like, I'm staring into my computer like straight-faced and saying this is bad this is just sad for you john johnny manzel is starting this week mike Pettin, who is as good as gone is playing flip-flop quarterbacks musical chairs quarterbacks and they need a new quarterback i mean i mean even if Johnny Mansell, let's say he lights up the world for the rest of the year. Let's just say. Are they keeping him? No. He's more trouble than he's worth. Oh, yeah. He shouldn't even come yeah. into the NFL. That's your fault, Browns. I, I mean, I mean, and the thing is, is that I know. And I know that 
Dallas loves the headlines, and I know that Dallas wants them. I get it. I know, I know that. But I, I just, I, I, I don't, they, they have nobody. They have Duke Johnson, and that's it. And Duke Johnson got five carries for two. Their team is just dismal. Let's just put it like that. Right. Their receivers, they they have nobody. They have no receivers. They have no quarterback. On offense, they have Duke Johnson and Gary Barnage. And a defense that I feel terrible for. Because those guys on defense are underrated. With Kroger and Mingo and Hayden and Gibson and just on and on and on and on and on. Brown's defense isn't that bad, everybody. But you know what? And so some people like, oh, so they're... bad that it's right. Matters. And right, some people may say, "Oh, they put up 37." That's not the point. Their defense is also half hurt, or even three fourths hurt. Joe Hayden isn't playing. Gibson isn't playing. Mingo, I'm not sure if he's playing. I... Why did the NFL bring this team back? That's what I would love to know. That is an awful good question, actually. They've done, they've done nothing! Some people would say, oh, they were an expansion team 15 years ago. Here is my last question about the Browns. And I know I'm getting heated here. I'm just passionate about sports. Leave me alone, everybody. <laughs> what? Were the Browns ever good? Ever once? Mm, that is a tough question, and I'm going to have to say no. The Bengals were created because the Browns sucked. You know what? I'm going to look this up after we're done here, and I'll get back to this, because I'm curious now. I'm, I'm like, pissed off for Browns fans when I shouldn't be. Their ownership and their front office and everybody is just inept from top to bottom. Anyways, yeah, Bengals just spank the living hell out of the Browns. As it should be every year. <laughs> as it, absolutely, as it should be. They basically, they, they played backyard football is what the Bengals did. Man, I missed that game. <laughs> should make one for the PS4. Just saying. Just, just real quick shout out, EA. Why don't you make those games anymore? What the fuck? Okay. Hey, I, hey, I remember playing backyard football. I played backyard football. Backyard and, baseball. Yeah. And yeah, I remember playing them on the PC on my Windows 95. I, I remember. And one has to wonder if they're racist because the best freaking character in the entire game was a short, fat Mexican kid named Pablo. Like, can you get any more racist than that? Uh, not by much. That's, <laughs> pr- that's pretty damn close. <clears throat> anyway. All right. <clears throat> All right, moving on to our last game recap. This team, and I will say the exact same thing that I said on Facebook on my personal page, and that is this. I don't understand this team. That makes me lose to the Lions. Thanksgiving Day ruined my day. If If I wouldn't have gotten such a warm welcome from the family that I was with, it would have ruined my my whole day. We come back. We beat them. I, I am. I'm going to try and form my words here because I just don't 
get it. Sam Bradford, who, as I said, wait, Nikki, did I say this on the show or, or did I say this before the show talking about Sam Bradford? You, I think you were talking to me about that, about how you, okay. he's going to get an extension and. Okay. Anyway, I, um, all right, Sam Bradford, If whether I said it on the show or not, I'll reiterate if I did. I, if I did, I apologize. Uh, Sam Bradford, uh, 14 to 24, so, you know, completion percentage, eh, 120 yards again, eh, two touchdowns, decent, and zero interceptions. Sam Bradford has not thrown an interception since October 25th, which was a shock to me. His QBR, again, 0 to 100, was only 32.5, so again, very dismal. Below average, because 50 is average. Don't So don't get that. That probably, the incompletions probably affected him. R- running attack, uh, 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 three men carried the ball, or four, sorry, with Sam Bradford's uh, one carry for negative one yard. But so anyway, so technically four. 128 yards rushing, Sproles, Kenyon Barner, and DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, who was hurt the last couple of games, returned to practice this week, will be playing in the upcoming Sunday. Okay. Again, DeMarco Murray, eight carries, 24 yards, three-point yard uh, per carry average. Again, as we said, DeMarco Murray, you know, complaining about his offensive use and everything. And they just do something with the carries that you're given, please. Maybe that would, you know, improve your carries. Again, as Chip Kelly said, we didn't want to use DeMarco against bigger linebackers. We wanted to shift to your guy, not a guy who's just going to run forward and put his head down. That was an obvious statement is obvious, by the way. Exactly. You want to have better and, carries, then you know well, do something with your saying, carries. No, I'm just saying it's like that's a, that's how fucking obvious the solution is. I know it's just, uh, we can figure this out, but other people apparently can't. Only throwing for 120 yards again. No receiver really had a field day, which really is kind of shocking in where these touchdowns came from or where the ball placement was, because I don't exactly remember. The defense really showed up. Defense and special teams really showed up. Tom Brady being very inaccurate for Tom Brady standards. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say earlier is that uh, the Patriots are also learning that you cannot put an entire team on one man's shoulders, even though Tom Brady seems willing to take the load. He cannot, he's not Superman. He can't do it either. And even Tom Brady. And even he's oh, fallen. And even he's fallen apart with having to shoulder everything. Right. I mean, again, yes, we beat a depleted Patriots team where they have virtually no weapons. Tom Brady's number one weapon is Danny Amendola, a guy that I've loved this entire career, but it is Danny Amendola. I get it. But you have to play the game. It's as simple as that. You have to still play and lead your team to victory. And my team's defense and special teams did exactly that. Darren Sproles, punt return touchdown. Tom Brady, in the red zone, throws a bullet right to Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins just threw it right to him 
like Malcolm Jenkins was wearing a Patriots jersey. <laughs> Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins runs it all the way back for a touchdown. I mean, the defense, again, while they gave up 28 points, again, I, maybe a little bit less than that is what I would like. But still, we won this game. The Patriots came roaring back toward the end. And I was a little scared there toward the end. I was, I was getting a little skittish, and I probably didn't sit down for the entire second half, to be completely honest. But the point was, and, they still weren't able to pull it off. Exactly. And, you know, and the thing that I love about this is that Chip Kelly, for weeks, has said, we get out coach, we get out coach, we get out coach. He's been a broken record. The minute that team leader Malcolm Jenkins calls players out, which he did after that Lions game, look at what happens. We showed up. Uh, Nikki, this is kind of foolish, but should Malcolm Jenkins be coaching? Because the players listen to him. It's obviously like he's actually saying shit that makes sense. But, uh, you know, um, I just have to say, like I like I told you via text, thank you so much, even though I know you didn't expect it for being for beating the Patriots, though. I mean, depleted or not, that that puts them in in a tying score, basically, with the Bengals. And again, that means that we can control our own destiny. So Patriots, please keep losing. You know, that only makes my life better and more fulfilled. (laughs) I was going to say, I wasn't, I'm not sure what the uh, tie-breaking procedures are, but... uh... Well, they lost to the Broncos, and if we beat the Broncos in a couple of weeks, that means that we're top dog or top cat, I guess, in this sense. Okay, right on. Let's see here. I'm just going to look really fast. Playoff standings here. Uh, bear with me. Uh, tiebreaker over New England and Denver based on best win percentage in conference games. So win percentage in conference games is the tiebreaker. All right. I was just curious. Well, the only teams we've lost to were the Texans and the What's it called? The uh, Cardinals. We beat everyone in our um, conference besides that that we've played. Well, no, the Texans are they're AFC, aren't they? Right. Texans are the only team that would matter yeah. in that equation because the Cardinals are NFC. So. Yeah, and the Patriots have one AFC loss also with the Broncos. So. All right. So we right will now keep we're completely tied. <laughs> And we will keep an eye on that as we progress and we will move in to our weekly picks. All right, here we go. Grab the notebook. Thursday night matchup. Tomorrow night, Minnesota at Arizona. Who you got? Oh, boy. Um, Arizona's really hot. Uh, you know, despite, despite what's going on, I think that Minnesota still has the ability to have a strong team. I am just going to go for them out of, out of the fucking blue. just feels right. I am taking the Cardinals. Yeah, I figured. Okay, San Francisco, or whoops, uh, yes, we skipped Philadelphia. Save it for last. San Francisco at Cleveland. I will take the 49ers. God, it's just like a god-awful game, though. Battle of the Dumpster Fires. I, I'll go for the 49ers, too, because there's no way Yay! that I'm putting my money on on uh, 
the Browns. Yay, garbage team! Yeah, right? Yay for shitty football! Yay for empty stadium! No, because the U.S. is football drunk, the stadium will be packed, but still, it's the point. Yeah. Alright, the semi-professional Detroit Lions versus I have to, the St. Louis Rams. I have to tell you, by the way, that um, that is becoming an extremely popular nickname for them. I... I myself have been passing that around a lot, and everyone that I've told it to is just like, yes, oh my god, I love it. So soon they may just be known as the semi-professional Detroit Lions. Thank you, Blake, for giving the it, world it, that. I, I, I was going to say, and you know what? I It's been on record for weeks. I want the credit, damn it. Yeah, yeah, you, that was all you. I just, I love it so much, so I say it all the time. All right, all right, good deal. All right, so who you got, Rams or Lions? Rams. Either it's again, it's garbage football, but I'm gonna go Lions. Just because you never can expect. I just again, you gotta pick some odd. Some of these games are odd, as have been proven the last couple of weeks here. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. I will go Bucks. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Bucks too. They've been surprisingly good the last, you know, so many weeks. Better than the beginning of the season is what I'm trying to say. No, I got you. Tennessee at New York Jets. Who you got? Titans. I will also go with the Titans. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, save that one. Indianapolis at Jacksonville, I will take the Jags. Yeah, I was going to say, um, gosh, I, I kind of want to take Indy for some reason, but the Jags are the safe bet because they've been playing pretty hot, so I'll go Jags. Okay. Scroll down here. San Diego at Kansas City, Chiefs for me. Uh, yeah. Chiefs are the better bet. They're a stronger team. Uh, Washington at Bears. Oh, man. Um, I got the Redskins. Okay. What about you? I will go with the Bears. If I could spell Bears. Oh, that's funny. Atlanta at Panthers. I will take the Panthers. Yeah. Um. There's like I really want to be able to say that that the Falcons can just get out of their weird slump and and finally take over the Panthers. But do I really want to bet my money on that? I was gonna say if you do, I'll give you the damn credit all day long next week. Yeah, I. I'll, okay, I'll do it. I, I feel like Atlanta All right. still has something in them. If they could just tap that fucking potential and realize how much people would be praising them right now if they could beat the fucking Panthers, uh, it would... I think it would mean a lot. <laughs> Seattle at Baltimore, I will take the Seahawks. Yeah, like... The Ravens don't scare me. I, I think the Seahawks can walk all over them. Again, 
If the Seahawks can put up 38-7 to against Minnesota, Baltimore may not want to show up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Baltimore Seattle can have a pretty up. shitty season, too. Seattle walks out to an empty football field. They're like, huh. Wait, wait, what's going on here? Oh, they forfeited. I don't even remember the last time that happened in history. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, and the, the shitty part of it is, is that it's at Baltimore, so they'd be on the all, the entire other side of the country for no reason. Right. <laughs> all right, Oakland at Denver. Osweiler's been playing good. Denver. Oakland. For sake of being different. And I almost wrote Oak Lens, like plural, but the bottom <laughs> loosening it over here. Alright. Dallas at Green Bay, Packers. Yeah, definitely Packers. Although Packers are just so unimpressive to me right now. Well, if Dallas can barely beat the Redskins, I feel oh, I like they... Rodgers will have a field day. Yeah, I know that they won't be able to beat the Packers, but like, I still feel like they're just—I don't know—like they're—they're not the Packers that they were last year, or even. Oh, absolutely not. Not, not even close. So I'm just like, what the fuck? Sunday night football, NBC. Patriots at Texans. I will take the Patriots. Mm. Yeah, I won't. I'm going to take the Texans. Okay. Monday Night Football, ESPN. Yay! The, oh, he's getting, ooh, yay! He's getting paid another, to say these, these broadcasting companies, by the way, people. Another another fun dumpster fire game. What? New York Giants versus Miami Dolphins. Yay! Yeah, what happened to the Dolphins? Fuck, fuck if I know. I still think the Dolphins could beat the... Do you say the Giants or the Jets? The Giants. Yes, Giants. I still think they can beat the Giants. Not to mention it would help you out. So. I, I, I say... I'll take the Dolphins, too. You're like, yeah, when you look at it like that, it's more like, oh, if they beat them, then that's good, but I don't really give a fuck either way. Yeah, more or less. All right, last two picks here. I gotta find them. Buffalo at Philly. Uh, you pick first. I'm taking the Bills. That's tough on your own team, man. I gotta be honest. I'm taking the Bills. Because I did say that while we beat the Patriots, at, again, it comes back to that Lions game. I need to see more. Um, gosh, it's tough because the Bills haven't been – have kind of been – my faith in the Bills have also been sort of depleted lately. So, like – I understand. Um, you know, just for, for fuck's sake, just so I can rub it in your face if they win, I'm going to go Philly. <laughs> love how she's, sometimes she's, when she's, it's just like go ahead yeah I was going to say if you're following along at home you can just tell that she's just desperately trying to make up the uh, the ground of uh, how many differences we have between us she just so badly wants to beat me with how much little time there is left there's that tick 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 
there's that and there's also like I just like to embarrass and taunt you at any given turn that I can because that's what I do so oh great and I'm attending your wedding yeah of I, course I, I, I got it see how much I hey, value you, here everybody you said you were going to replace me for John Barchard how do you think I feel hey I was I said I was kidding you would I said I said I, I said I said that I wouldn't replace you for anybody. I rectified that in 2.7 seconds. No, I'm, I'm just messing with you, man. It would be nice, though, to see the Eagles actually win a good game like that. I, I think that'd be nice. All right. At this point, I feel like, you know, if I lose, I lose whatever. And if I win, I win. So I can make ballsy picks, whereas you are trying to be like, I've got to stay in the lead. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm coming from. So. All right. Final game, Pittsburgh at Bengals. That's not even a question for me. Of course. I think that the Bengals will be able to do it again, and damn it, I want that first seed. I want to go into the playoffs like, what? What did you say the last fucking 15 years? I'm going to go Bengals, too. So. As hot as the Steelers are... I still believe in that defense, and I feel like that'll be the difference. I'm taking the Bengals as well. All right, our final bit for the show tonight, our UFC 194 coverage this Saturday. All right, we don't exactly have time to go through every single fight, so I will we will recap every fight as we've been doing but I will only go over the highlights, I guess. And no disrespect to the fighters that I don't include. This is not that. It's just more time constraint than anything. First up, Ronaldo Jacare Souza versus Yoel Romero. Romero is 38 years old. Romero is 10 and 1. Romero also has, for a middleweight, this is a middleweight matchup, Romero has a lot of power for a middleweight Seven wins by knockout. Souza has to be careful, but Souza is one of the best on the ground in the world. Not just at his weight class, but in the world. He's a world champion, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's a black belt. I feel like Souza will, as long as he can stay away from Romero's power hand, Souza should wipe the floor with him. All he needs to do is get a takedown, be able to hold him there, and he should be fine. Then again, like MMA and in boxing, anything can happen, but this fight with with uh, Souza having not lost in what seems like a, an eternity, this fight should set up a battle and the Bulls coming head-to-head if Chris Weidman wins his fight, which we will be talking about in a second, but if he wins his fight, this will set up a slobber knocker of a match. Uh, oh, good old JR, slobber knocker, by God. Stone cold, stone cold, stone cold. All right, anyway. Right. Every time. Jacare, this will set up a little bit of pro wrestling for you guys out there, you pro wrestling fans. All right, this will set up a Weidman Souza matchup that I've been waiting for for years. Souza should walk right through Romero, and if it he wins, it should set it up. All right, next fight. Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman, middleweight title on the line. Uh, Luke Rockhold is 
14 and 2. Chris Weidman, uh, 13 and 0. For those who don't remember, Chris Weidman is the undefeated middleweight champion who ended uh, Anderson Silva's uh, dominant terror reign of the middleweight division of the UFC that lasted what seemed like a decade. I mean, it it came close. Rockhold, this is interesting. I'm going to say that Weidman should go for the Golovkin route. And what I mean by that is, is that in his last fight, for those who remember, David Lemieux, uh, Gennady Golovkin, Golovkin jabbed him to death to keep him uh, at arm's length. Weidman should do the same thing because Rockhold is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, like many fighters are, but he has more wins on the ground than he does standing up. Weidman, also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt in his own right, but I don't feel like Weidman wants to roll around with Rockhold, so if he can keep it standing, he should be fine. Rockhold is a very tough opponent, very wise opponent. He's been on a, just a win streak like no other. I don't see Weidman uh, taking the loss tonight. Weidman should win. As I said, setting up a matchup finally with Jacare Souza, maybe in the next fight or the fight after, hopefully in the next one, because I will be pumped up for that. Now, the fight that everybody's been waiting for for months, the, the, just the, this fight was supposed to happen in July. Uh, the champion, Jose Aldo, pulled out due to an injury. Uh, the bad part of it is, is that the promoter, Dana White, the president, questioned Jose Aldo about how severe his injury is. I don't agree with that whatsoever because Aldo's a, a, just a consummate professional. And if he's hurt and he says he can't fight, he's hurt and he can't fight. I don't feel like he's scared of McGregor at all. And why should he be? Aldo is the fighter that has been dominating the sport for 13 years. His one loss, Jose Aldo, 25-1, and his one loss is when he was fighting outside his own division. He took a fight one weight class up at lightweight. Uh, Jose Aldo, the featherweight champion, took, uh, excuse me, took one fight at light, light heavyweight, or light heavyweight, geez, that's a huge jump, uh, fight at lightweight and lost. Ever since then, Jose Aldo has never been in trouble except for one time against Chad Mendes, and even then, Jose Aldo wasn't in trouble, it's just he got tagged a couple of times and his face was a little swelled up, and that's what I mean by in trouble. He wasn't in trouble in the traditional sense. McGregor, on the other hand, the guy is brash, the guy is cocky, and he has every right to be. The guy is a master showman, a master seller of a fight. I mean, this is why I'm pumped up for this. You know, and Souza and the Weidman, Weidman Rockhold fight. I mean, those are just desserts. This is the main event, and this Conor McGregor has openly said, although wants no part of me, He's faking his injury again, like Dana White was was um, claiming. And McGregor says that Aldo can't hang with him. I don't know who's going to win this one. This one is about as dead even 
as I can think. Aldo, or McGregor is the brash, cocky fighter, where Aldo is the quiet, silent assassin, uh, so to speak. Aldo will never say publicly that he hates McGregor, but you know that he can't stand the guy. You know he can't stand him. Nikki, I want your opinion on this one. Uh, how so? Who do you think's gonna win? Because I can't decide. Oh, man. McGregor is young and crazy. Um, he is one of the most aggressive fighters that I have seen in a long time. Although a lot more cold and calculated, I'll give you that. That whole assassin bit was pretty on the nose. Um... If it comes to technical stuff, there's a chance that McGregor could really lose. Otherwise, I think that, you know, he's McGregor's going to tear him apart just because that's what he does. I, I really have my money on him just because he's young, brash, stupid, and strong. He's like the MMA version of, you know, Canelo Alvarez. Right. I mean, you know, and... I mean, let's see here. All those fought Chad Mendes twice. He's fought Lamas. He's fought... Uh, Chan Sung Jung, he's fought Edgar. I mean, and a, a lot of these fights go to uh, go to a decision. I, I mean, you know, uh, Aldo has is fourteen and zero uh, in with uh, via knockouts, uh, twenty five wins, as I said. <sighs> this fight is going to go to a decision, or it's going to end really quickly. No, no, I'm saying it's going to be a decision, is what I'm saying. Mm. It's going to go the distance, and... Ah, I see Aldo just pulling out a split decision. It's going to be extremely close. I think Aldo's too good. I, I just, I, I can't see it. Well, we will have to agree to disagree. No, that, that's okay. Again, and I and I have no dog in this fight. This is a fight that I just that I just want to watch as a pure MMA fan. Oh yeah. But this one is going to be pretty damn good. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. And with that, uh, Global Dynasty Sports Talk Radio episode seventeen draws to a close. As always, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Email us, Blake, Nikki, Global Dynasty at gmail.com. Call into the show, Global Dynasty STR, all lowercase. And next week, we will come back with your, with your top headlines, your NFL recaps, your Eagles and Bengals coverage, your weekly picks, and the boxing match preview of Andy Lee versus Billy Joe Saunders. Really looking forward to that one. Ooh, that should be a good fight. Absolutely. We will have all that for you next week. And Nikki, any parting words? I will catch you guys next week. That's about it. All right. For Nikki Treat, I am Blake Plonsky, and we are out. Peace.